while waiting for um, some, let us do some revision, alright? Revisions are useful. <coughs> let us, um, there are two things that we need to be always reminded about and we memorize. We memorize because hopefully as you study the Word of God, then what you memorize becomes clearer and clearer. But until then, these things must be in your heart. Okay, so we always want to memorize two things that are very important. How do you know God? Shining, how do you know God? Through His Word. Very good. Now, because we know God through His Word, there's no other way. It's not through dreams, through visions, right? If it is through His Word, then we must know what is His Word, correct? What is His Word? His Word is the Bible. So let us, let us be very clear what the Bible is. Who wants to start? The Bible is... The Bible is? Very good. So it begins with God's Word. Not man's Word. The Bible is God's Word. Then it is 3i. What are 3i? Inerrant. What is inerrant? Without errors. What's the next I? Infallible. What is infallible? This one has no errors, this one? Say again? Cannot make any errors, right? Not only God's Word don't have any errors, it is never, ever wrong. It does not make any mistakes. There's no error. Whatever God says, it is correct, all right? And, and what's the next one? In? Inspired. It is all this because... It is inspired. But how inspired? Um, how inspired? Say again. Very good. Divinely inspired. All right? Divinely inspired. Not inspired by men. Men did not make up these words. Okay? So God's word, it is, the Bible is God's word, inerrant, infallible, and divinely inspired. And then, what's the next one? Because of, it's all this. And therefore... It is what? Um, Hazel. Very good. It's preserved. God not only inspired, He made sure He preserved it. He preserved it. That's why it is without error. God Himself preserved it. If men try to preserve it, there will be error. But how, how is it preserved? Um, Justin. Very good. It's perfectly preserved. Perfectly. Divinely inspired, perfectly preserved. Perfect means no chance that it can ever be intervened by men to make it have any error. It's perfect. God preserved it perfectly. Okay? Then, now all this, God does it for what? Hmm? Benedict. Hmm? Correct. For us. God preserved for us. So read it. For us to know Him. Not for us to buy many nice Bibles and buy many Bible software and put it in our handphones and our shelf. For us to read it. For us to know Him. But it was perfectly, it was divinely inspired. It was perfectly preserved in the past. Is it true? No longer 
today? Is it, for to, is it still perfectly pre preserved today? It is. So, what's the next one? Time. Through all the ages. Means today we still have the perfectly preserved Word of God. It is not lost, as many claim. As many Bibles will put at the bottom footnotes, this is lost, that is lost, this is no longer true. We do not know if that is there because they do not believe it is throughout the ages, okay? So I hope we always remember this. Let's try. The Bible is God's Word. Cannot hear. Try again, right? Together. The Bible is God's Word. Inerrant, infallible, divinely inspired, and perfectly preserved for us throughout the ages. All right, so as every time you think about God's Word, when people attack God's Word, you will begin to think of these thoughts. It guides your thinking, all right? Now let us pray to God. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us to thy house. And as we continue to study about the Holy Spirit, Lord, may you enlighten our understanding that, we, that through the right understanding we may live rightly and not be deceived by the false teachings today. So be, be in our midst to help remove all distraction, and cause us to learn, to obey. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Okay, let's, chapter 3 first, chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now let's read verse 16 and 17 together, reading, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Now chapter 6. Now let us verse, uh, read verse, um, verse 16, okay? 1, 2, reading. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, he shall be one flesh. Now, the word of God reminds us in 1 Corinthians 3.16 that the spirit of God dwells in us, Correct? We've been studying the Holy Spirit. Now, who dwells the three, the, the three persons of God? After Christ's crucifixion and Christ's ascension, from there on, God says the Holy Spirit will continue to reside closely with the believer, correct? Christ said, I'm going. I'm going physically. <clears throat> but I want you to know that the Holy Spirit will not leave you. Please remember this. <clears throat> Please remember <clears throat> when God says, I will send the Holy Spirit. He is saying, I'm going away. But I will send the Holy Spirit, not a new dwelling, but a new role. He will play the comforting role that I have been playing for you. I'm leaving now. He continues. Unlike me who need to leave, he continues with you. 
Okay? So they always had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never leave them, as He has never left them before. So, here. Now God says, our life on earth. In the New Testament, after Christ's ascension, the role of the Holy Spirit for the believer that is the indwelling, correct? Indwelling. God already says there's an indwelling. And what's the other one? In filling. Okay? So we studied all this. There's the indwelling and the infilling. So now we need to have a good understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit that God says now He dwells in you. What does dwelling in you mean? What does dwell in you mean, um, Shane? The Holy Spirit dwells in you. What does it mean? It describes it describes a born again only born again believer have the indwelling, correct? And it describes um, I don't know how to express this. Uh, CP, what does indwelling mean? God squeezes Himself through which opening in you? Yes, huh? Very good. This has to do with a permanent relationship. Alright, so Shane, that was what I was trying to ask. Maybe my question was not clear. Indwelling means a permanent relationship. Alright, and this indwelling continues. So this is a very close relationship and fellowship. Okay, from then on, permanent relationship begins and this ongoing fellowship with you is what the Holy Spirit um, does in our life. When we sin, does our relationship change? It stays permanent. When we sin, does our fellowship change? Yes, it affects the fellowship. When, when you sin, when you disobey parents, you are still their child. No change. God is still your father. When you disobey your parents, your parents will be upset at you, chastise you because they love you, Fellowship is affected, okay? So, understand that clearly. Now, so now with that understanding, we have to ask ourselves, what does the Holy Spirit do? There are two extremes in Christianity today. One extreme is this. There's an extreme this. We must not have extreme wrong thinkings. One is, don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Okay? The other one is, Overemphasize the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always points men to Christ, okay? The Holy Spirit always points men to Christ. Points men to Christ. Christ already said that is his role. He will point men to me. But today, there are movements that focus on the Holy Spirit to the point where it is all about the Holy Spirit. That becomes a problem. The Holy Spirit always points men to Christ. He does not point men to himself. So, some movement, for example, the charismatic movement, goes to that, that extreme. Now, the other extreme is, because of all this, there are Christians who think, let's not talk about the Holy Spirit. Because every time we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are charismatic. No, it is wrong also. That is why we study about the Holy Spirit. So, the other ex- extreme is, don't talk about him. Don't talk about him. The moment we talk about him, we are charismatic. That is wrong. Christ said the Holy Spirit plays a key role in the believer's life. 
What are those roles? You must understand, every day you live your life. The Holy Spirit indwells you, the Holy Spirit fills you. What is all that about? Do you know your relationship and your fellowship with the Holy Spirit? You don't, you, you actually do not know um, what it means to live a Spirit-filled life. That's one problem, okay? You know wrongly, you go to this extreme. You go to this extreme. So let us see what God says are the Holy Spirit's role in the Bible. Now turn your, uh, turn your BBK books to page, uh, page 97. Page 97 in the old book. The new book is under the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. Who has the new book? Uh, is it page 97 as well? Page 98. The Holy Spirit in the believer's life. Alright, so now it begins this section rightly reminding us. The believer's life is life in the Spirit. That's why God says walk in the Spirit. That's why God says the Spirit of God dwells in you. So it is a life walking in the Spirit. Now from the first moment of his Christian life, the new birth begins. When new birth begins, the Holy Spirit indwells. The relationship starts. We studied that. Now, then after that, the Spirit will sustain the new life. Now, look here. When the Holy Spirit begins His indwelling at your salvation, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will then begin to sustain this born-again life. Let's look at the Bible. Now, this part of sustaining the, Holy, the work in the, the walk of the believer is called sanctification. Alright? So at this point, maybe this is not so good, at this point of salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells. That begins a relationship with God. And from then on, the work of the Holy Spirit is the sanctification work. So, understand that sanctification, sanctification means now the believer's godly walk on earth, okay? A life of separation from the world and sin. Now, this walk, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit plays a key role in your sanctification. In other words, if you think about the walk of sanctification, you have to understand how the Holy Spirit does this work of sanctification in your life. I repeat. Because the Holy Spirit's work in the believer's life, His indwelling in you, His infilling, is for the purpose of sanctification while you're on earth. That is His key role, one of the key roles. Then we have to understand how He does it, Okay? Because if you don't, then he is doing it. He is doing it. He's doing it. But you do not know that he's doing it. Because you do not know how he works. Okay? Now, how does he work? Actually, anyone, how does he work? Um, how does he work? Jeremy, how does the Holy Spirit, after salvation, works the work of sanctification in your life, for example? How? When you do wrong, there's conviction. 
What is the meaning of conviction? To make you know that it is wrong. To make you know that it is wrong. That's why in the Old Testament, they also have the Holy Spirit. When the Christians in the Old Testament sin, they know it is wrong because the Holy Spirit is working in them. So, some examples, some more, then we go to our BBK book. Shujin, how else does the Holy Spirit work sanctification in the believer's life? Help you to understand God's Word. Okay, helps you to understand God's Word. How else? Anything else? Um, uh, let me see. Shane. <coughs> or Mabel. Ask Shane. Mabel. How else? How else does the Holy Spirit work in our lives? <coughs> he will remind you. Remind you when you're tempted to sin. When you are tempted to sin, He reminds you. Okay. Hannah, how else? He helps you <coughs> to say to say things. Okay? He encourages you. Okay, so many of these ideas are correct. All of them are correct. So let us look at what God says. So some of these things you know, but is it true? <coughs> is it true? Um, turn to page 98 of your BBK books. So, it begins a life of sanctification in the first paragraph. Now, ongoing, the believer's life is constantly refined and purified and made new. Refined and made, um, I would say, made newer and newer in that sense. What the Holy Spirit does is this. The role of the Holy Spirit after salvation is not to let you stay stagnant. Understand that. The Christian is not supposed to stay stagnant. Who gives birth to a baby and we say, uh, this baby should not grow? Not interested in making this baby get fat, grow up, become strong, become healthy. No such thing. Even humans will make sure that the baby grows. Every new birth, every believer in Christ, the, God does not want you to stay stagnant. So the Holy Spirit role is to Sanctification is to help you to grow spiritually. Grow spiritually. Please remember that. That is one of the key things about today's, this morning's worship service. You must grow. A Christian that does not grow is a deformed child. Alright? So you must know that. How does the Holy Spirit make sure you grow? If you do not know how He works... When he's trying to make you grow, you reject it. Do you understand what I mean? If a parent keeps telling the child, you know, in order for you to become healthy and in order for you to um, grow physically, you must eat. You must eat what I give you. Okay? Now, if the child does not understand that I must eat, if not, I will fall sick, I may even die. The child will keep saying, forget it, ignore, ignore, correct? No matter how the mother tried to feed, 
The young, the young child say, I don't want to eat. Why, why need to eat? But the mother keeps reminding, the father keeps reminding, you need to eat to grow. Then the child begins, I don't like, but I need to eat. So when we do not know how, we do not know why, we do not know how, that is why many Christians don't grow. Because they don't even know that the Holy Spirit is working, working. Every time the parent comes, eat. To the child, they don't know. Why are you doing this? They can't recognize what the parent is doing. So you must recognize, like, recognize how he makes you grow. Now, let's look at BBK books, page 98. Okay. Now, we have studied the fruit of the Spirit. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians, um, Galatians, Corinthians, that we are supposed to grow in the knowledge of Christ. So that's one thing. He helps you to grow by helping you grow in the knowledge of Christ. Now, how do we, for example, see that in the Bible? Can you turn to John 16, 13? So in your BBK books, the second paragraph, you can underline John 16, 13. Okay, let's go to John 16, 13. John 16. Okay, let's read verse 13 together. One, two, reading. Howbeit, when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, into the all truth. For he shall not speak for of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Verse 14. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. This is why I pointed out earlier, the Holy Spirit will always not glorify himself. So the whole charismatic movement, which we'll talk about in the future weeks, glorifies the Holy Spirit. He does not want that. His role is to point men to Christ, glorify Christ. But here, at this point, what we want to focus on is, now he says, when the Spirit of truth is come. Is it that the Holy Spirit has not come before? Remember, huh? indwelling is always there. The spirit of truth is come. Now, Christ is saying that I am the one who have always been explaining physically the truth to you, correct? Hey, maybe I'll ask you to explain. So, the spirit of truth is come. How do you explain that now? Oh yeah, the spirit, the spirit, Holy Spirit did not come in the past. Who wants to try to attempt to answer that? Edda. The Bible says, when the Holy Spirit is come... The infilling. What do you mean by that? Giving us understanding. But why does Christ say when the Spirit is come? Alex. Why does Christ say is come? The Holy Spirit is come. So it must be He has not come yet. Um, yes, correct. So we know that. But if someone take this passage and ask you, you see the Holy Spirit was not in believers. That's why Christ said, when the Spirit is come. So only at this point, then the whole, later the Holy Spirit will come. How do you answer that? It's about the infilling. But why is it is come? Is come means have not come, right? 
Brenda, his comments have not come. How do you know it's a new role? He was, the names that Christ used is very clear. One was he is the comforter. He did not call him the Holy Spirit per se. He called him the comforter. The disciples were sad. Now the Spirit will take over the comforting role, the physical comforting role that they experienced from Christ. So that's why he called him the comforter. Understand, a new role. A new role. The role that comforts them, the feeling. Now look at this. I, I keep trying to mislead you. And you let me mislead you. Please look at verse 13. Did he say the Holy Spirit? Verse 13. He says the Spirit of Truth. Now he gives him another name. The Spirit of Truth. Brenda, why is it another role? He did not say Holy Spirit. Now he says Spirit of Truth. Christ says, now I have been walking with you. I always teach you physically, verbally, right? You see me, you sit at my feet, I teach you. But now, after, the day after I leave, please don't think that, oh no, who's going to teach us? How are we going to know? Would you feel that way? You will feel that way, right? Hey, Christ, you're, even after you leave, who's going to teach us? Then he says, now, the Holy Spirit will take over my role in helping you to know the truth and understand the truth. Not that he has not been doing that, but from when I live physically, this role is continued by him. That's why it's called spirit of truth. Okay? You understand now? Right? And so whenever he describes the new role, he gives him another name. Not that the Holy Spirit was never in them. Now they can understand, oh, he is going to teach us. So please know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. Is Christ physically with you? No, right? So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into all truth, verse 13. Guide you into what truth? All truth. So understand the word of God. You all got it right. The Holy Spirit will teach you when you read the Bible, which is why I always emphasize, when you do your devotion, you pray first. You pray. Lord, actually, how you pray? Um, uh, um, uh, Ellen, how would you pray before you start doing your devotion, knowing now that the Holy Spirit's role is to help you and guide you into all truth? How? How would you pray? Lord, guide me into all truth. When you say Lord, who are you thinking of? The Holy Spirit or Jesus Christ or God, the Father? Normally, you normally think about Jesus, okay? You normally think about Jesus. But God says the Holy Spirit will teach you. So why don't you pray to the Holy Spirit? Oh, Holy Spirit, please teach me. The Spirit is subjected to the Lord. How do you know that? Because it's the Lord Jesus who sends. So, the Holy Spirit, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. So, um, Aaron, do you think the Holy Spirit is less powerful God? Because the Holy Spirit is the one who sent him. No, right? But Jesus sent him. If it's the same power, why don't you pray straight to the Holy Spirit? Now, this is a question that many ask. Do we pray to the Holy Spirit? 
Edda, do you pray to... Oh, I keep asking the same people. Kai, do you pray to the Holy Spirit? No. All right? Why no? Now, why no? Actually, in the Bible, you will not see occasions where people pray to the Holy Spirit. Although he is part of the Godhead. Now, so Ellen is correct. Christ always said, the Father and I send the Holy Spirit. Okay? Send. So when we pray, a biblical prayer is, Lord, send your spirit of truth to guide me into all truth and help me to understand. That is a biblical prayer. You do not see people praying in the Bible, neither does Christ teach them to pray directly to the Holy Spirit. Because here it says, verse 13, He shall not speak of himself, he shall speak, uh, um, that he shall speak, he will show you things to come, he shall glorify me. Does it make the Holy Spirit any less powerful God? It does not. There are roles in there, understand that, there are roles in there. Now, this point I want to say, do not get angry when you're given roles that you don't like. Why am I given this role? Why are other people given better roles than me in church? Whatever role that God assigns is what He assigns. Okay? Even the Holy Spirit did not fight with the Father. Hey, why, why must I be sent? The Holy Spirit did not say, I, I want to send you. I want to send the Father. No, in the Trinity, even God, the Holy Spirit, they have their roles and responsibility, alright? So don't be proud and say, why do I get this role? Because learn, even God understands within the Trinity, this is my role. Every role that is assigned is a glorious role, alright? Okay, so we do not see that. But we pray, let the Holy Spirit help me. So when you did do your devotion, pray. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to help me understand. There are times when I really read, I don't understand. Right? I check books, and I look at it, it doesn't sound, it's unsound. Then you keep praying, you keep asking. The Lord will help you understand. Now, but if you pray and you say, ah, oh, this is what the Holy Spirit told me, and it's inconsistent with theology, doctrines, and all that, please don't say the Holy Spirit told me, all right? Okay, so I want to clarify that. The Holy Spirit will only tell you what is consistent with what He says in other parts of Scriptures. If it contradicts, it is your voice. It's the voice of your flesh. It's the voice of the world. It's the voice of Satan, not the voice of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. Now, um, the next one. Alright, so, so the first one, can you see, what are the roles, page 98? First one is sanctification. You underline that. First role, sanctification. First role, sanctification. What is the second role? Guide you into all truth. So you underline that. Second role, guide you into all truth. Guide you into all truth. Now, what is the third one? Um, now, before I go there... How does the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth? Shouldn't it? How does the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth? Using God's Word. Please settle that in our hearts, not through dreams and vision. Now, very often when I meet Christians, um, they often have this question. Hey, oh, uh, Reverend Joseph, you know, I had this dream, I had this vision, and this thing happened. 
I think God is trying to tell me something. And then I saw this thing. What do you think? What do you think? All right, if someone approaches you on that, how would you answer? How would you answer? Jemima, how would you answer? Someone in church or your Christian friend says, you know, Jemima, I, God told me in my dreams this and that and this and that. And then this thing happened. So I think God is telling, trying to tell me some truth. How would you answer? Go back to the Word of God, Word of God and check. If it's inconsistent, it is not from God. God always reveals through His Word. That's why we begin today by what is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit uses the Word. If the Holy Spirit uses the Word, then you must go to the Word. You must do your devotion. How does Now you're facing problem in life, or you're struggling with a certain sin, or you don't even know that you have sin. How would you know? Through your Bible reading, through sermons, come to study the Word of God. God uses His Word. That's why I always pray in, in pastoral prayer. Lord, use your Holy Spirit to use your Word to speak to us. God uses His Word. The Holy Spirit uses His Word. So, when you don't do your devotion, God is not going to, all right, um, so-and-so didn't do devotion today. Let me appear in his dream tonight because I need to tell him or her something. God says through the, the Spirit, through the Word, read your Bible. You'll be amazed. Don't jump around. I would say don't jump around. Read chapter by chapter. Have a systematic study. You'll be surprised how God will show you things that you need to know through His Word. Alright, so you must ask, maybe you don't put that hand. How many of you don't do devotion? If you don't, read your Bible at home. If you don't come for Bible study, you can pray and pray, Lord, guide me into all truth. But the Bible, God says, the Holy Spirit uses His Word. How do we know? Look at verse 13. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and will show unto you things to come. Even the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ himself say, he will speak what I say. He will speak what I say. It is not the words of men and all that. So even the Holy Spirit will use the word of God. When the Holy Spirit inspired the word, it is the Word of God. He will use the Word. No other way. No other way. So we, that is why we cannot stop emphasizing study the Word of God. Come back to here. Please look here. I started in the beginning. If you do not know how the Holy Spirit sanctifies you, you will not grow. You grow only when you know how the Holy Spirit sanctifies you. He sanctifies you one of the route is using the word. One of the route is he uses the word. Understand that. If you do not know how you grow by eating, then you don't eat. So I hope you understand why we keep asking you to study the word of God. Now, next one. Number two, he guides, guides us into all truth. Number three is, now shall we read this verse? And I, uh, third paragraph, and I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. 
He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever who have said, I have said unto you. The Holy Spirit always uses the Word of God. Now, remind. So another one of you had remind, correct? How did you come up with that idea? Because you remember God's Word says, who said remind? Who said remind? Own up, put up your hand. Remind. Why did you say remind? Because God said. Is it because you remember there was something like a verse like that? Yes. You remember something about God say about the Holy Spirit will remind, will bring to remembrance. Do you know what just happened? Um, uh, Mabel, do you know what just happened? What just happened is the Holy Spirit just reminded you. You cannot be reminded if you don't read God's Word. I always use this example. The Holy Spirit said, I need to remind you of something. He reached into your brain and your heart. Then he looked for his word. Nothing in there. Nothing to use to remind you. Studying the word. Sometimes you study, study, study. Don't know study for what. You just keep studying. Because one day, God knows that you need that verse to handle that situation in life. God, the Holy Spirit, God promises you keep studying. You keep attending DHW, you keep reading your devotion. Some of you ask, but pastor, I read, there's no, nothing happened. God is storing the word for one day when you need it. Then he will bring to remembrance. At that point of time, at that point of time in BBK, you can answer the question. Not so much that. Huh? At the point of time when you know I'm struggling with this sin, I'm about to say something. I'm about to say something that is wrong. I, I'm about to do something that is wrong because I remember somewhere I read in the Bible, some story that I've read in the Bible, this is wrong. Then you stop. Okay? This is how the Holy Spirit works. You must know, use another color, you, you must know how He works when you are studying God's Word. He is storing up things in you. That's why you must read. When you suddenly remember, you are about to commit that sin, and then you have this conviction. You have this conviction. Do you know what is happening? What is happening is the Holy Spirit is taking His Word and say, convicting you. He is working. You must know He is working. It is, don't just brush it away, ah, maybe it's, you must respond. So He is working. This is how He works every day in your life. Every day, the, the lesser you know the word, the lesser you know the word, the more you will sin. Why? Because there is nothing to remind you. You just go ahead and sin. Then by the time you learn and you get reminded what happened, the consequences are great already, right? So don't study the word and say, ah, all these things have no meaning to me. It's storing, storing, building up, Okay? All right, so young children, when your parents have family devotion with that with you, that is what they're doing, helping you to store the Word of God in your heart and the Holy Spirit will use that. Bring to remembrance. Now, next one. Um, now, why does he bring to remembrance? Why does he bring to remembrance? For the fourth reason. Can you see the second last paragraph on page 98? For the fourth reason to mortify or put to death the flesh, Romans 8.13. To mortify the flesh. 
Why does the Holy Spirit convict you, remind you? So that you will stop sinning. Okay? How does the Holy Spirit help you to grow? Now look here. How does the Holy Spirit help you to grow? Grow means sanctify, right? Means more and more godly, correct? How? When you study more, he, he will begin to convict you, then you will sin less, then you will grow spiritually more. Okay, now look at here. Now it says to mortify the flesh. He reminds you for you in order that you would take a knife and poke your hand and say, stop sinning. Stop sinning. Poke your eye. Poke your ear. Stop listening to that. Cut off your tongue. Stop. Not physically. But God says, the Holy Spirit reminds you and your flesh don't like it. I say again, know how the Holy Spirit works. He is going to remind you. Why does God's word say mortify? Mortify means what? Painful. Cut. Chop. Stop. Mortify is painful. Why does God say mortify the flesh? When the Holy Spirit begins to convict us of sin, it's time to do mortification. He don't convict you for fun. It's for you and I to start doing mortification. Then we will grow. My fear is many of us over time have, I've said on prayer meeting, we keep studying the word. We keep studying, studying the word. When the Holy Spirit begins to work in us, we just brush it off. Ah, right? Right? Children like to do that. Daddy and mommy scolding. Ah, right? Parents, you experience that. When, the, when we don't understand that the Holy Spirit is working, we in our heart and mind, ah, that's it. We don't like it. We just brush it off. Why we are not growing after studying a lot of God's Word? You see, you see the Holy Spirit uses Word. The Holy Spirit keeps using, 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 but we will not repent. Sometimes we get convicted. We say, oh, you know, I really feel very convicted, um, and this and that. Then we walk away, we forget. We forget about it. We brush it away again. So this is how the Holy Spirit, when that is happening, we must know. Don't be disrespectful to the Holy Spirit. He is working. Don't, ah, uh, kind of thing. Okay? Now, next one. Um, but, uh, the next one is, second last paragraph, he gives us the power not to sin. So you underline that, the power not to sin. By the, Holy, the Holy Spirit will enable you. Now listen, God says that the Holy Spirit, when He fills you, He will give you power. Do not ever think, I hope I remember to say this today, do not ever think I cannot overcome any sin in my life. There is no sin in your life and my life. How deeply we love it, we've been entrenched in it, before we were saved, after we were saved, that you cannot overcome. Through Him, we are more than conquerors. So understand that because you have the Holy Spirit, there is no sin in your life that you cannot overcome. It is because you do not want. It is not you cannot. You do not want. You can. So the Christian must understand the work of the Holy Spirit. You can. God intends for Him to help you to grow spiritually. You can. You keep mortifying over time. You will overcome in time. Some immediately. Don't do the next thing. So, last one. What's the role of the Holy Spirit? Number six. Now, so rather, because these are all the roles of the Holy Spirit, now you look at the last paragraph. We must not grieve 
the Holy Spirit. We must not grieve. Okay, last one, let's read and then we close. Ephesians 4.30, Ephesians 4.30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Now, one, two, wait, wait, uh, Ephesians 4.30, one, two, reading. What is this grief? Look here, I keep saying how, right? How, how? When we do not recognize, we just, ah, or even we know and we just don't want to. God says the Holy Spirit is grief. The Holy Spirit is a person of God, right? It's a person. He is grieved. When, we, when the Holy Spirit keeps using His Word, keeps convicting you, keeps showing you, but over and over again, you and I, uh, it grieves the Holy Spirit. So do not grieve the Holy Spirit who dwells in us because God will chastise, because He loves us. All right? So understand, when all these things are happening, the Holy Spirit that dwells in you and I is working. It's working. It's working. So, whenever you're struggling with any sin, be thankful. The Holy Spirit is working. Yield to Him. We'll talk about what that is. Let us turn to God in prayer.